Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Creepy, crawly, slimy things that stick on your skin. Horrid things with tentacles that want to pull you in. Squirmy worms, slugs and snails that lie there in a goo. They wait down there forever till they get their hands on you. Stay away from that trapdoor, because there's something down there. And the thing down there is The Gargle. The sonic glossy magazine to The Bugle's audio newspaper for visual world, this is The Gargle. I am your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Alison Spittle and... James Nokise. Hello. 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 Was that as nostalgic for you as it was for me? Or was it just as nostalgic for me as it was for me? I wasn't allowed to watch television and I still know the trapdoor. Oh, that that's the kids that's the kids thing, isn't it? With the play-doh and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I get that reference now. I just thought you were just doing something a bit different and I was supporting you in that. <laughs> I don't know if it made it to New Zealand. I mean, I think it I think it did. I have a vague memory of it, but I feel like we had some sort of show with a kiwi in a bush. That feels very New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Was that a show or was that just being forced to look I'm, out the window? I don't know, man. We only got three channels in the 90s. So it, was, it was wild times here. <laughs> Before we link arms and begin the Havanagila that is this week's episode, let's have a look at the front cover. This week's front cover model is Ryan Reynolds being f***ably supportive of his wife. Uh, the headlines read, Met Gala, I just met her, and fashion so far forward it's falling over, as well as hats. Are they a personality? Open brackets, no, close brackets. <laughs> the satirical cartoon for this week is a picture of some salmon eggs and a man in fishing gear. The headline reads, Roe v. Waders. Oh, and that's the only news about that that we're going to discuss this week. <laughs> Let's plunge into the body of this week's episode. Our first story is the duck detective news. Uh, have you been following this duck? A pet duck has discovered a body after running under a trailer in North Carolina, presumably to get away from people insisting a duck can be domesticated. <laughs> its owners following it under the trailer, I mean, that is commitment, discovered a container with remains. Yes. Uh, there's so much to unpack here. Who hides a body under a trailer? Who domesticates a duck? Was the duck making a threat showing what happened to the last people who tried to domesticate it? Uh, if, if so, that is big duck energy. <laughs> Alison Spittle, you have a love-hate relationship with birds. Can you unpack this story? I do have a love-hate relationship with uh, birds. First off, this is a lot like uh, podcasts I enjoy listening to. It's a very entertaining story, but someone is dead. 
uh, at the back of it all. You know, we can't we can't take that back. It's a real person. That's real remains underneath. So what happened was um, this lady, she was in her 90s. She went missing for a couple of years. And uh, a domesticated duck, a pet, ran under a trailer. And when their owners ran un- under the trailer to, to get back the duck because they wanted to continue domesticating the duck and felt it didn't need freedom of move- movement, they found a <laughs> container full of remains, which, uh, to be honest with you, it's it's like the film The Mighty Ducks, you know, like The Mighty Ducks, that, that hockey team realised that the power was within them the whole time. And this duck has taught some people that the remains were within the confines of the trailer this whole time and that's all they had to do was look within themselves and look within that space between the trailer and the ground and they would find that that missing woman also what i love is one of my favorite quotes from this was the local policeman said if i could give that duck a medal i would and it's like who's stopping you sir you can buy medals anywhere and you can give that duck a medal yeah, everyone has the authority to give people medals. We should break away from the chains of our like system that we have now and realise you can buy a medal in the shop. Anyone can have a medal. It's fine. Well, in honour of the duck instead of a medal, in honour of the duck instead of a medal, they've decided to change the language. It used to be a murder of crows. Uh, now it's considered a Columbo of ducks. Yes. Normally it's joggers that find bodies, but in this instance it was just the duck. Uh, James Nukise... Would you bury a body so badly that it could be found by a duck? Well, look, I, I think we're not taking the age of the body into account here. This is a 93-year-old body that's been found. So I'm just saying if this was an actual detective serial, then the twist would be that it was the duck's ancestors that had killed the person years ago. Oh, no, no, the body isn't 93-year-old. Uh, the body was, the lady was 93 years old. The body is like two years old. The body is fresh, baby. Oh, the body's fresh. I've completely misread this. Yeah. So it was the lady who found it 93 years old. <laughs> You're no duck detective. No, I'm, duck detective. <laughs> I'm more of a cat man. They're really into like just crimes of opportunity. I just can't wait for Kenneth Brenner to remake it. The lady is 93. The lady who owns the duck is 93 years old. No, the lady who owns the body. The lady who owns the no, body. No, the lady who died. The tragic person at the centre of this is 93 years old, right? <laughs> What I love, though, is like we can tell the story because we don't know how she died. That's the great thing about this. Could have been natural causes. Like, it really could have been. I maintain it's the ducks. I'm telling you, it's the ducks who did it. <laughs> the pop-out quiz section here in this magazine, uh, a German study that proves that ducks are the funniest animal to appear in jokes. It's a true th- study that they did many years ago. Um, but murder, uh, as we all know, is the least funny crime, as we've just discovered. So on a scale from 1 to 10, yeah. where 10 is pretty funny, how funny is this discovery? I think it's pretty funny. I hope the duck had a hat and a yeah. little Colombo jacket. Like, you do, you, I don't imagine this duck not wearing human clothing. If it's able to find a dead body, it's able to wear a hat, I think. Oh, yeah. With a little cigar in its mouth, you know? If the duck's walking away from the trailer and then just turns around and goes, wah, 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 just one more question. Yeah. <laughs> it followed the trailer of breadcrumbs. Hey. Uh, if this does not end like the ending of Animal Farm with the duck in the midst of a bunch of detectives uh, and then you can't tell which was the duck and which is the detectives, then I won't be happy. At this point, Alice, we laugh, but at this point, if Netflix came out with Duck Detective, we'd all watch. Oh, yes. Yes, and I would never shut up about the fact that it should have been Duck Detective. 
<laughs> or deductive reasoning. Oh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Have you ever had a portrait of Dorian Gray and wanted to solve his curse? Bringing you the mirror of Dorian Gray. It gets older, but so do you. Guaranteed authentically cursed Dorian Gray mirror, indistinguishable from a normal mirror, but $100 more expensive. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by me, Alice Fraser. Yes, I've bought ad space on this podcast, <laughs> as you can too. I'm using my ad space to tell you that you can buy ad space. Also to make an announcement, as you know, I'm good friends with a number of famous writers, including self-published romance maven and online bestseller, Dancy Lagarde. And it's in my role as patron of the literary arts that I would like to announce the first real legitimate Bugleverse writing competition jointly funded by me and Dancy. The prize money will be £12,000 plus and will be provided by me, Alice Fraser, in the form of £200 of real money and uh, £10,000 in a patented new cryptocurrency backed by pork-barrelling Lagarde sales. The plus is constituted of half a glass of water. The post is now live on my Patreon if you want to click through for the details of the competition. Uh, You don't have to subscribe to my Patreon to read it. I could have made a website, but I didn't. So you just go onto my Patreon, find the post. It has the details and the submission guidelines. I made a new email address. There is £200 sitting on my desk right now, and I will put you in the cryptocurrency ledger that is just a real ledger that is on my desk, and I'll write your name in it and £10,000, and that's how much I'll owe you if the ledger ever becomes worth money. (laughs) That's how cryptocurrency works, right? (laughs) Sure. Anyway, uh, submissions are now open. They close on the 1st of June, and then on the 1st of July I will announce the winners. And uh, if you if you submit, we may read you out loud on this august publication. Uh, water. It makes up 71% of the planet, 60% of the human body, 150% of the 90s classic Roy Schneider vehicle, Sequest DSV, and 50% of this glass of water. Half a glass of water. Statistically, it's some. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And now it's time for your tech crime news. Speaking of tech crimes, a phishing post on an Instagram has led to a mass theft of the Bored Ape Yacht Club NFTs. Now, James Nokise, you're wearing a hat. Mm -hmm. Can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, thank you, uh, Alice. As um, as anyone who's ever watched uh, the photos of this podcast will know, uh, my affinity for hats makes me an expert on NFTs. Uh, this is Yuga, who are uh, behind the most famous NFTs, the ape uh, pictures. Uh, and they have been hacked through a very technological um, Instagram phishing link. Uh, so someone has taken over their Instagram account 
um, which surely is a little bit embarrassing when you're meant to be the techno crypto people, um, and has sent out a little link to click. And it turns out, Alice, I don't know if you guys are aware, but people who are into NFTs can be quite gullible. It's weird. And so um, they've lost. It's just, it's just a community made up of people who would buy penis enlargement pills if they were advertised on the right podcast, you well, know? They've, they've lost, like, they reckon they've lost about 2.2 million. But I feel like whenever it's cryptocurrency, you should put in brackets, probably, like, because it's all a bit, you know, <laughs> oh, these eight pictures are worth millions. And, you know, there are some very famous owners of the pictures, uh, Eminem, Gwyneth Paltrow, Madonna, who are brilliant artists. I would not necessarily trust them with my finances. Um, but <laughs> there's, um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's come, why the story is interesting is that it's actually highlighted the fact that there's crypto theft has become quite rife. Um, during the pandemic. So there's, it's not even the biggest crime uh, that's happened. There's been um, cryptocurrencies that's been taken from uh, those online gaming communities, which is worth uh, apparently like millions uh, and millions of, of dollars, not to mention the marriages that are probably breaking up due to having lost <laughs> your mortgage, playing as an elf, riding a hippopotamus, fighting orcs for 20 hours a day. I mean, your marriage was already on the edge. And the thing about fiat currencies is that they're backed by things of which there is a limited supply, you know, gold or whatever. Uh, there's an amount of it, you know. But the problem with NFTs is that there is an infinite supply of idiots who will throw money into the Sarlacc pit uh, of a quote-unquote asset that seems to be mainly the unholy spawn of a gold rush and a pyramid scheme. It's uh, deeply unfortunate uh, thing to watch. I think I think what should make it NFTs like more bearable is if the people who were into them weren't so righteous about their currency. Like if they were just like, yeah, I've got millions of NFTs. I, I hope it works out. Like just a little bit of hesitancy on their part, but they seem to be all because you need the confidence to sell the confidence of in of, order to bring other people. In. But this is the thing, because essentially what it is, is people who don't have money going, what if money, but I had it. Uh, so they're starting in at the bottom level of the creation of money. But unfortunately, as a way of like evading the banking system, they're encountering all of the problems that led to the banking system, like rife connery and theft and, and uh, exploitation and abuse and people stealing your password or breaking your toes until you give them your Bitcoin. <laughs> all of that stuff is now happening and is the reason that we invented banks. And so now all these things are springing up like Coinbase and whatever to function essentially as banks. Uh, and look, it is working to a certain extent, but it might not work forever. But it might. There's no reason that it doesn't. I mean, there's no re reason that money did and this won't. Yeah, it's kind of like my my, my cousin uh, this week. I've just like looking at my Instagram inbox. She has sent me like um, 500 quid for you to tell me what's inside of the circle. And it's a, it's a, it's a circle there that says like... I, you can't see it, but it's definitely got like six, eight, nine in it. So if you've ever got that message and you can't quite see, it's six, eight, nine, and that's five hundred quid. And then the rest of it, <laughs> Bitcoin mining is real and legit. I just invested five hundred euro into Bitcoin mining, and I got back ten thousand euro direct into my bank account, all thanks to at Alicia FX Crypto. Now this is a woman 
who told me once that she knows the devil is real because the devil tried to have a sexual relationship with her when she went camping at the time. So <laughs> I'm telling, I just want to say that's the what only the family details? member that's got into Bitcoin. What was the, wait, 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 you can't just brush over a story like that. Did she just say that or were there details or did she? She, he brushed did her your leg. cousin f- a goat? He brushed her leg. Yeah, she probably did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Devil brushed, the devil brushed my leg? The devil brushed her leg. It was, more, it was more of a... It wasn't really verbally. He didn't say, like, I would like to be in a sexual relationship with you. She just, she just what they call, what the young people call it now, caught a vibe, right? So she, she caught a vibe because the devil wanted to have sexual relations with her when she went camping. And also the Bitcoin is real. So, you know, these, these two things <laughs> could be true at the same time. Now it is time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guests to bring in something to review out of five stars. Uh, James Nokise, what have you brought in for us? Alice is going to be a bit weird, but I've brought in the NBA playoffs. And I, I don't know how much gargle <laughs> listeners are into sports, uh, but the playoffs have been going for about a week and a half now. Uh, and I'm not even wearing the hat of the team I support. Um, but it's just in these times really nice to spend about an hour to 90 minutes a day massively emotionally invested in something which seems so high stakes and means absolutely nothing. It's just the most athletic <laughs> men in the world bouncing a ball and throwing it in a basket. And it's so good for my mental health. Five stars. <laughs> I'm very glad to hear it. Alison Spittle, what have you brought in for us? So what I've decided to review are the cardboard inserts inside toilet rolls. I don't know what they're actually called. We need to come up collectively with a name for the cardboard inserts inside toilet rolls. But just uh, structurally, they're a fantastic piece of equipment. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to make binoculars out of them. Um, uh, you can also make a kind of musical <laughs> instrument out of cardboard inserts inside toilet rolls. Uh, I'm not going to put this inside my mouth because I live in a shared house and, uh, you know, we all share the toilet paper. <laughs> and uh, I just think it's a step too far to put my mouth on it. But you would just have yeah, to Yeah, you don't imagine... know whose mouth it's already been in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so... So I'm going to give uh, the cardboard inserts inside toilet rolls uh, a four out of five for structure for structural integrity. Do I think the color could be improved? Yes, I think we could go for a, a brighter color. You know, something that gives us a bit of optimism when we finish the loo roll, because there's nothing worse than looking into a looking into a, a you know you're in a public toilet and you find one of these lads and you're like you can't help me. Uh, well, they can. If you're in a really, really, really bad position. You could, you could yeah. make it into like a, a spoon formation. It has been done before. <laughs> it has been done before. Yeah. No one's happy about it. Not the most comfortable of wipes. <laughs> A utilitarian. It's a very good. I'm going to give it four out of four out of five. Four out of five. I mean, it's the opposite of utilitarianism, isn't it? It's the least happiness for the most amount of people, the yeah. old toilet ro- roll scraper. Sometimes I just use big words, Alice, and hope for the best. You know what I mean? 
Well, that's all the time we have for our reviews. Five stars for our reviewers this week. Excellent work and always enjoyable. Now it's time for relationships news. This is uh, the news that a fictosexual man, a man who is attracted or says he's attracted, let's not doubt his attraction, a man who is attracted to a fictional character has uh, found it a struggle to bond with his holographic wife. Alison Spittle, you've had an imaginary friend. Can you unpack this story for us? Yes. So uh, this is a fictosexual man who who is married. A she is a would she be an avatar? She's a she's a pop star. She's actually really big. Her name is Hatsune Miku, and she's actually supported Lady Gaga on her art pop tour a couple of years ago. So she is she. I mean, it is a fictional woman, but he has aimed high. She's also sixteen. Uh, we definitely gloss over that. He is thirty eight. Quite the quite the big age gap. But, you know, I bet he loves the film with Matthew McConaughey in it where he goes, uh, what I love about these hologram girls, man, I get older, they stay the same age. Uh, she is still 16. They've been in a relationship <laughs> for a couple of years. They had a wedding, an unofficial wedding. He spent uh, about $17,000 on this wedding, which his family did not attend, uh, which sounds like my <laughs> best wedding, to be honest with you. He's married four years <laughs> to this woman. Uh, he's 38. He says the relationship has hit a roadblock and he can no longer speak with Miku due to a technological hurdle. So what's happened is that uh, whatever he was... Now, I'm not the most techie of people, but from what I gather from reading this story is uh, something's no longer updating and he can't communicate with his wife, which is a lot like... Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a lot like normal, normal marriages between two humans. And he's trying to get uh, tech support for gatebox software which was eliminated it means that he can no longer speak to her and what i what i love about this story is like he's still very much into the marriage and i i kind of did judge him a bit but then i remembered myself that i was definitely a fictosexual when i was about 15 16 because i was in love with the idea of morrissey and just uh pretended that he oh. shared all of my political views <laughs> and then i grew up <laughs> I I used to have pieces of his shirt. He used to throw his shirt into the crowds at concerts and stuff. And I used to hold on to the shirt of my teeth while like 42-year-old men would be elbowing me in the face trying to get a piece of this shirt. And, you know, I, I, I would have like a piece of his armpit which armpit shirt, which was the best bit. And I remember, like, <laughs> I could still... He <laughs> used to smell very heavily of like, what, like, how old was he at the time? 58-year-old man and patchouli oil. Um, And so, can I judge this man? No. I cannot judge this man. I'm fully in support. And like, what else do I love about this? He went out with a fictional character, but not an age-appropriate fictional character, which I think is like men all over. If you're going to go out with someone that's like not fictional, make her 32, man. Give her a bit of life experience. (laughs) What are you going to talk about? With a 16-year-old. Never mind a 16-year-old avatar or whatever. What, how was school today? You know, it's just... That marriage cannot sustain itself. I suspect that this this uh, this avatar just uh, just stopped work. Just control, control all, delete it herself. Just to get out of this marriage, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, that's the story of this... Uh, of these crazy lovebirds. I like the honesty of this, that that he is acknowledging that he's a fictosexual, because I think there are many people in genuine relationships that do not really uh, <laughs> think that their opposite sex partner is uh, real. They've just created a, a fiction. 
I've been in that relationship before where someone's just created an idea of you and uh, it's I'd rather they married an anime character. I'd rather they drew a picture of me and married it. You I know? T- totally get where you're coming from. Like, he doesn't have to... Like, what are the things that he doesn't have to deal with being with being with this avatar? Like, uh, crying? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Periods. Uh, yeah, periods. I went. I went on a hotel trip with my boyfriend two weeks ago in this place in Barcelona. The bathroom door was clear and uh, did not close properly. We found out, <laughs> we're going out ten years. I don't need to know. I had to. I had to beg him to put on music. I was like, please put on music. Please, let's keep a bit of mystery. You know, I can't help the scent, but I could help the noise. Like there was like, so you don't have to deal with that with going out with an avatar. No, you don't. James Nokise, have you ever married an avatar? Well, I married a comedian. So it's... Um, <laughs> just making sure they can't hear that sentence. Door may creak open at any moment. So who's doing jokes? Trying to be funny again. Um, look, I, I can sort of relate uh, to, to this story. I think, I think we've all, you know, I eloped. Uh, overseas and my wife uh, had only been to New Zealand once secretly uh, and and so a lot of people back home when I came home without her because she had to go on tour uh, were like well we think you might have married someone fictional um, because we've seen photos online <laughs> but photos can be photoshopped and then she didn't show up for about six months for, uh, for six months I was definitely the New Zealand version of my girlfriends from Canada so <laughs> you know and you and you're still in a marriage you're still doing all about marriage things and you talk to your phone every day and there's a face in the screen and you know and you put the phone on the pillow next to you um, but it's not quite the same and you and you you sort of, and then after four years, um, you do need to ask for tech support for the Google, uh, the, the data box, gate box. I mean, that, if that's what you want to call it, I don't know what the Japanese term is, but that's fine. I do think you're right. I think if a mate comes to you and says, hey, I'm going to marry a computer generated character, that's cool. If they then say they're 16, I think at that point you've got to go, yes. let's get a beer and just <laughs> let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> Like, yeah, just wait a couple of years for her to update, you know? Just wait a couple of years for them to update or something like that. Yeah, get the get the latest installation. Or is that worse? Do you want the older version and the update? <laughs> the update's like constantly 16 and you just want to know I'm not updating. I like what I have. I'm, I, I, this, is what, <laughs> this is what I married. It, yeah, it's glitchy now. It's glitchy, okay? Fine. Sometimes it just crashes and you don't know why and it will not start up, but that's what I married and I love. I refuse to trade it in for a younger model that's the same age. Even if it's faster. <laughs> I don't know what that's a metaphor for. That's all the time we have for uh, fictosexual news, unfortunately. Uh, now it is time for our McDonald's time machine news. And this is the news that Grace Jones uh, and her husband, who live in Chicago, were renovating their bathroom when they found 60-year-old McDonald's fries in the wall of their bathroom. Now, I have heard of people sacrificing dogs or children uh, to ensure the well-being of a home as they build it. Uh, but I have not heard of anyone sacrificing McDonald's fries. James Nokise, uh, you've eaten McDonald's fries. Can you unpack this story? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I, first of all, I was very disappointed that this was just a random Grace, uh, Gracie Jones is her name uh, in <laughs> Chicago. Because for a second, I was like, it's Grace Jones and her husband. And this is exactly the kind of thing that would happen to slave to the rhythm Grace Jones. 
But yes, <laughs> a 60-year-old couple, they, they found McDonald's in the wall. Uh, the chips, they, they checked the logo, and it looks like it's from the 50s uh, or around that time. And uh, look, they, I, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't have a taste. I honestly am, because by all reports, <laughs> it was still brown. It was still crispy. We've all eaten chips off the floor at McDonald's, you know, at, at a certain point. I mean, this is this is pushing the three-second rule, James. <laughs> well, I, I feel at a certain point, McDonald's just becomes gross. And, like, you know, you've got, like... <laughs> yes, immediately. You've got, like, five minutes after it's served on the tray, and then it's just gross until you eat it, whether it's two minutes later or decades. I think they sh it should probably end up in a museum if it's going to be anywhere, you know, um, probably uh, under crimes of humanity committed in the 20th century. But it's, um, I I'll be honest, we're all comedians. We've eaten worse mm. at two o'clock in the morning in Edinburgh. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. And what makes me sad is like, because uh, I, I don't drink a lot, but I stay out, you know, doing gigs and stuff and, uh, as a comedian, we all know eating late at night, being sober, is a, a harrowing experience because you're, you're served up the same swill that the drunk people are served up. And you can see <laughs> you can see the cashiers give it to you and you're like, sir, I am sober. Like, what am I going to do this nice full <laughs> burger? This will not comfort me at this time. And uh, I think, like, it's a lovely thing to find in between walls. Wouldn't have this... Wouldn't this be the perfect story if the duck had found this? <laughs> like, wouldn't we have had a great time just talking about the detective duck finding 60-year-old uh, remains of chips instead of the remains of a 90-year-old? It would have been wonderful. And then Grace and her husband found a dead body in their kitchen wall <laughs> yeah. of a 93-year-old lady from a trailer. Do you know, it would make a lot more sense, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> if you saw those two stories. I don't know, like, for me, this, uh, the the 60-year-old chips, as, uh, McDonald's chips, as we all know, if it, if it isn't eaten within the first three minutes, are terrible. I think I would eat it. I think I would give it a go. Because it can't be any worse than four-minute-old uh, McDonald's chips. <laughs> I just feel like for listeners, like, just for anyone listening right now, comedians are the worst people to be barometers for is this a good idea <laughs> we're definitely the kind of mindsets we'll go yeah i'll probably i'll probably have a taste you could have finished that sentence uh, by saying comedians are the worst people and then continued <laughs> with <laughs> well that is all the time we have for the old fries news because that brings us to the end of this episode i'm flipping through the ad section at the back of the episode alison spittle have you got anything to plug I'm going to plug my show in Edinburgh. It's uh, on in the Pleasance, in the attic room in the courtyard. And I'm on in Edinburgh uh, every day except the 9th of August because I'm flying over to be my sister's bridesmaid. So I'm spending my day off in Edinburgh being a maid of honour. Uh, I've got some previews coming up. Me and Amy Gledhill are doing a preview in Two North Down this Saturday. And uh, also I'm doing a preview in Pleasance in London in June. I'm doing some previews in Hay on Y. I'm doing previews everywhere, baby. Thank you so much for, 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 for having me on the show, Alice. This this podcast is... I really like doing it. And uh, yeah, I don't know why I said that. I'm just being sincere now. Uh, I'll stop. We love having you on. And James Nokise, have you got anything to plug? Uh, just the usual mental health 
podcast, Eddie Fried Chicken Shower. We have no new episodes of that, but I have a brand new podcast, uh, which I can't get into details about yet, but uh, we'll be launching in August. And uh, I will also be in Edinburgh uh, in August just doing uh, my show, Goddamn Fancy Man, at different venues uh, at, at different times uh, in, in the festival because oh, I've, I've, I've split my season in half to have a mental, half break, uh, mental health break in the middle of the festival because uh, just for once I want to enjoy being at Edinburgh. Ooh. Hey, that sounds delightful. I will be in Edinburgh with my 10-month-old baby doing Kronos at 9.15 at the Gilded Balloon. I'll also be doing previews in London, in Wales, all over the place. Uh, if you want to know when they are, I'm tweeting at, at alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Or I keep everything up to date on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. That is also where to go if you would like to submit something to the Dancy Lagarde Literary Tribute Competition, which is a real competition, is genuinely open, and I will pay you £200 if you write the best one. I'm also in Sydney this week at the Sydney Comedy Festival at the Enmore Theatre from Thursday to Sunday. Next week I'll be in Perth at the Regal Theatre on Friday and Saturday. Tickets for that are available by googling Alice Fraser Kronos 2022 and then your city. That's that's the best I can do for you. And a big thank you to our roving reporters for this week. Pez, who sent in the Duck Detective, Radomio, who sent in the Fixto Sexuality Story, and Mike Espinos, who sent in the McDonald's Fry's Tale. If you would like to be a Gargler's roving reporter, tweet us at Hello Gargler's on Twitter. That's the place to be. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts.